Hey everybody, this is Stories and Solutions. I'm Mr. Todd. This is a special Father's Day edition, and I have a special guest. His name is Velma. I'll let him kind of explain his background, but after that, kind of go into how we met. <laughs> so this is Velma, everyone. Hi, everybody. Um, so I'm a storyteller. It, it started off... Well, if you want to go back to childhood, it probably started off with, with books and plays and things like that. But in my profession, um, it started off that I was uh, a newspaper reporter. And, you know, I, I always knew that the newspaper business was dying. And so I, I thought I need to transition out of this. But I wanted to be in the newspaper business because I, I wanted to have a strong foundation as a writer, which is to me the most fundamental skill in storytelling. Well, maybe the most fundamental is imagination. But then once you're converting imagination into a story, then the most fundamental um, uh, uh, aspect of the skill is is writing. So I really wanted to focus on that. Um, my degree was in television, but with television, there's so much else going on. There's pictures, there's cameras, there's lighting and all that. I just wanted to just do the writing. And so that's the newspaper business. And so I did that. Um, and then and then I did eventually, rather quickly, uh, transition into television and then um, magazines, which is is similar to newspapers um, in terms of writing, but but you get to spend more time um, usually with a magazine. And so I did ma- had a magazine phase and a lot of this stuff is simultaneous. It wasn't as clean as I did this and then I did that. It was like simultaneously I was in television and magazines. Uh, and then and then I moved more into television uh, predominantly. Um, uh, I went from a, a predominantly magazine with little TV to predominantly TV with a little magazine phase. And, and then eventually I got to where I am now where I've 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 written liner notes, I've written books, I've written documentaries. Um, I, I I wrote <laughs> before I even knew what it was. I wrote the Bible for a video game, it, it, a social gaming uh, platform, a social game. I, I don't know if you say social game, but it's it's social gaming. I didn't know that's what I was writing. I thought I was writing a novel. Yeah. But it came out <laughs> as, as this social as this gaming. world with no story. It was just, and I, I, and, and I sat on it for 10 years and then I found out about social gaming and I said that, you don't really write the story. You just write the circumstances. You write the world. I thought, Oh, that's what that was. Cause it just came to me. I wrote it in like 30 days, 400 pages in 30 days. Wow. So that's, that's just, you know, Dedication. Just, and the most, the most unusual thing I think was I, I wrote uh, or, or produced some audio rooms for Facebook. Um, you know, a lot of people have heard of Clubhouse because of the yes. pandemic it was pretty big. So Facebook's answer to that was called Live Audio Rooms. And I had never heard Clubhouse before I took the job. A friend of mine, was uh, his, his company was creating it, and he kept calling me saying, you got to do this, you got to do this. And the money was crazy because it was I made more money – producing those live audio rooms and I ever got paid to produce television and wow. television is much harder, but you know, so I just, I just did it just to, to, not so much for the money. Cause I, I've learned don't do stuff for the money. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, but I, but I thought, well, I need to learn this, you know, don't get old, just keep growing, keep learning. Yeah. And I did it. And I found out very quickly, this is just like everything else you do. It's just a different platform. It's just a different medium, a different delivery system. Um, and so it was after that that I started describing myself as a storyteller instead of a producer or a host or a TV professional or, or a doc or a filmmaker, any of those other things. Those are all the for, same you know, thing. iterations of storyteller. Yes. That's, that's, that's really what I am. And then it does go back to childhood when we used to, you know, my brother and I, we used to uh, just like back one after the other, I, I would tell a story then he'd tell a story. Then I tell a story that he tells it. We would just, it was like a game we would play. You yeah. Know? And of course we both ended up being uh, creative professionals, but so that's it. That's what I am. I'm a storyteller. <laughs> well, that's pretty cool. See, I think that's so much better than what I would have said. <laughs> you know, Hon- yeah. honestly. Well, if you if you look at my my credits, it just looks crazy. But um, somebody said to me, and I believe this is true: an artist's career makes perfect sense in retrospect. When you when you pursue things for the sake of the art, of course, we all have to get paid. We have to eat. I don't starve. I don't believe in the starving artist thing. I, 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 I create better when I'm, when I'm full. I'm, I I'm like, I'm a, I'm a full artist. I'm not a starving. I, got you. I like it. I like being comfortable. It is. I'm, I'm more imaginative yeah. uh, when I'm, when I'm not desperate. So I don't believe in that starving artist uh, stereotype, but anyway, you know, I am an artist, but I, and I pursue things for the art, even though I also want to make a living, obviously, because I have kids, I have a wife, you know, I have a life, you know, 
but but I pursue things for the art. I pursue things I have a passion for. Um, and when you do that, it doesn't your your resume doesn't go two years here and then I got promoted. Yeah. And I did two years here and and I got and I changed over to, to get a, a nice you know it's like it's not linear like that. It's yeah. just like oh this dude he, why does he keep calling me about these audio rooms like what is it? It's like oh this is cool I dig this yeah, yeah. you know uh, you know it's like it's like that you know so that's what my career's been like and it scares people because like oh aren't you worried I'm like. The thing is, when you're really pursuing something for the sake of art, you get better at it than other people who are doing things for career sure. because you play it safe when you when you're like, oh, I just got to I got to keep this job, blah, all of that. None of that has anything to do with to creating. do what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. But when you're just like, oh, let me understand this. Oh, this is cool. And then you just start doing it. People call you. They do yeah. because they need that. They need the, the person who's really about it, not the people who are about the, the strategy and the, the politics and the, 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 the oh, I'm gonna, it's not a, what you know, it's who you know. No, it's not. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Not. See, it's you and I, oh, do. man, we, we aligned for the same I'm telling you this is bizarre, (laughs) but everything you're saying is like in reverse of what that day we met. Right. Yeah. I'm with you a hundred percent. I'm, so what do you mean? It's the reverse of the day we met. So, okay. (laughs) So, so like when we met and you were talking about like where you feel you are at that moment and you had the same, the same passion that you have right now with your, with what you're saying. And, I, I'm just this guy, you know what I mean? Like walking by. So I'm not thinking of, oh, I have this uh, effect that I can, you know, just my presence of saying something is, you know, putting your your thoughts in a different direction or whatever it may be of understanding, whatever it is. It, it makes me like, wow, you know, like you, you were more or less thanking me for something that I don't, didn't think I did. (laughs) You know what I mean? So let me tell the story to set the stage. I'm sitting on the pier in in, in Santa Barbara, just staring out at the ocean, just staring because it's a nice place. I've been going there for 20 some years. um, And just like, look at the water because I learned a long time ago, there's no, no problem bigger than the ocean. Whatever is on your mind weighing you down, you stare at the ocean long enough and that thing looks small. Nothing changed about the circumstances. What changes is you. And that's what the ocean does to me. So I'm sitting there doing that and all these people walk by and they just walk by and I ignore them. But you came up and it was it was your shirt. They, they caught my eye. There was something about that design that just that just spoke to me. It wasn't any. It's because I it was it wasn't a Nike swoosh or something I'd seen, and it wasn't a design. I just noticed things, and and it was just there was just something about it. So I just complimented your shirt, and that's that's how we met. Now now you got to remind me what part you're talking about. That's 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 the setting. So what was it that, that, that we said that day? Because I'm always in the moment. Like right now, if you ask me what I said during this podcast. In an hour, I won't be able to tell you. Yeah, I'm the same way. I live, I inhabit the moment fully. And so when I was talking to you that day, I was fully in that moment. But I don't even remember. Well, you, you, I, my, my shirt said mind over body. And my T-shirts are um, made to, to make you think. And when you complimented me on the shirt, I was like, whoa. And, and I don't normally, I usually say thank you and I move on. But it was something that I felt from you. And then I was like, you know, tell you about my shirts, which I normally don't do. So that was a, to me, an exchange of, of energy. And then, and then it was like, then you said something about my shirt and how it made you think. And my jacket was kind of, uh, maybe a quarter of the way closed. So you wouldn't, you weren't able to see the whole thing. And I was just like, wow, this is so crazy. And then we, we just started talking and, you know, so, well, now, now I'm remembering, uh, because you took me back to the moment. So, you know, I'm a person who survived the pandemic just fine. What got me was the poundemic. I put on all this weight (laughs) and I'm a person who's been in shape since he was since fifth grade, like every day, I'm a person who would work out six, seven days a week, like for 
decades I've been doing that, you know, yeah. um, you know, it's just always, but, but that, that, that two and a half years, year and a half to whatever that was of staying home and, 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 and not moving, yeah. it just got me. And, and, it, and I had for the first time in my life found it difficult to shake it, to get back into shape. And so, you know, yeah, there was something about the the partial image of that shirt that 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 spoke to me. And I, I gotta I gotta be a little more uh, forthcoming about why I was sitting on the pier. It's because I was looking for something. I was like the same way I couldn't get myself to work out. I'm used to being inspired. I'm used to being like lit up, like on fire, like 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 I like I probably sound right now. That's how I live. I'm okay. always like this. People are always asking me, what kind of coffee do you drink? I'm like, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I can't drink coffee. I don't drink coffee. Yeah, me either. Coffee, but, coffee might kill me. I don't take drugs either. I'm, I'm, this is, is dopamine. It's endorphins. It's just like enthusiasm for life. Joie de vie. That's what I'm on. That's my drug. I so, so, so I couldn't lose the weight and I even couldn't find this, this person you're here right now, this is who I am. I, and I couldn't you. find this. And so I was sitting out there. That's the problem, right? Because yeah. my whole career is based on on this, you know. So I'm like, I need something. And the the the, the pieces of the image of your shirt somehow it's like a muffled voice, you know, because it was under your coat. But I still heard it was like a whisper. I guess is a better way to put it. It was it was like I didn't see the full message, but it but the whisper it just caught my attention. That's what I that's the exchange you saw because it was like a Rocky Bell, you know, in Rocky yeah, Bell, yeah, yeah. Like Bell, and once he hears that bell is like oh he's rocky again. <laughs> that, so the piece of your design that i saw was a rocky bell i, I got you a whisper and then when you opened it then i was like wow that's unique that's different and then when you told me what it was that what it meant mind over body what am i out there trying to do yeah. get rid of this pandemic how am i going <sighs> to get this body right mind over body g and it's like i was out there for the universe to speak to me you know and i, I knew it would happen i do just go dude just go the universe never fails it will speak to you and then long comes time <laughs> <laughs> with the t-shirt that whispered through his coat that started the conversation that opened the jacket so i could get the message so i could realize dude mind over body you've always because i've always relied on my body to like because i've been I'm an athlete. And so you. it's like, that's where it all comes from. And the, the brain is just, it's, it's, it's just inside the body. It's like the, the body is like a carrying case. It's like how the, how the mind moves around. Yeah. The mind is, you know, brain, is, it, it would just lie there, you know, it needs legs and arms and stuff so it can do stuff. And right. so my, so it's always been this very tight connection between my body and, and my mind. mind. Got and, you. and so my mind wasn't right and my body wasn't right. And I, I was always been able to, to, to depend on my body to, to get my mind right. Cause I'm always just, I'm like the endorphins. I'm like, I got no endorphins. I'm not working out. How do you get out of a hole when your whole thing is my body moves and that gives me the endorphins and then my mind explodes. And then that motivates my body. Like that's my positive, my virtuous cycle. I but see. what do you do when you have, when you, when you have the opposite of the virtuous cycle, uh, 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 I forget the term, right? it's not coming to me right now but where, where it's like the opposite of a virtuous cycle because that's the one i can only remember the positive term there's a there's another term that's a negative where everything is spiraling downward and so if you're in that downward spiral how do you break it and if your body's not right that's how you break it. it's like dude oh, mind over body yeah that's what that's what woke me up that that shirt that, wow. message was that, my that means a lot belt. that means yeah, a lot because well, that's what that's what art is for, right? That's what an artist does. Yeah, it like reminds to, to us connect. of our best selves. That's the definition of art. It's people. <laughs> artists are people who remind us of our best selves, not who we are, who we could be. Yeah. That's what your shirt did for me that day. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, wow. And then like the conversation we had, and it was just. I, I think we were talking for like an hour and it was, yeah. you know what I mean? And then, and then before the, we even got to names, I think we, yeah. we, put, we put in a good hour before, by the way, what's your name? Yeah. We, just went, we went deep. We went ocean deep. Yeah. It was, it was, it was, it was, it was literally meant to be. Yeah. A hundred percent. Literally meant to be. A hundred percent. And now here we are. Yeah. And, and I, I'm, you know, I'm excited to see where this is going because like how you said, so my the way I describe my mind is uh, I see my mind as those conveyor belts 
and there's say eight of them and they're not going at the same speed. So there's times, mm. you know, where like the podcast is, is, is in a groove and I have guests and everything's working and it's just moving seamlessly. And then I have my music where it's like kind of moving, but then it stops and then it moves and then stops. So it's moving really small, like incrementally uh, slow. And, you know, then there's different other avenues that are moving at different speeds. And I see my mind like that. So whatever gets to the top of the ding to give, Mm. you know, to give me that rush of like, Oh man, you know, like I get these short stories and then it's like all of a sudden it materializes in my head and I'm like, Oh man, Mm. I got to write this down. And I start writing it. But when I see it over and over again, I'm talking like over three months and I keep seeing the same thing. I, I actually delve into it and it's like, okay, this is a story. How can I, how can I do this one? And you know, and then I, I put that away, but then that one's moving faster than the other conveyor belts. And, um, you know, I have times where all three are like that. So then it's like the story works and the music is working for the story, you know, and then the podcast is there, you know, that kind of thing. You even mentioned your designs. That's the whole thing. That was my entry point. Yeah. It's like the designs that, that, that's like another conveyor belt. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. My, my designs are based off, um, so there's a thing called Rebus and it's like the one thing's on the top and the other's on the bottom or like something that you're looking at and you have to kind of figure out through the image or the words, however it is. What's that word? Rebus? R-E-V-I-S? R-E-B-U-S. Let me, let me, Rebus. Yeah. Okay. Me, what kind me, of word is that? Is that, I, I think don't know that word. I think it's Greek. Let me, let me Greek? look it up. Yeah. Rebus. Yeah, pretty sure. And, and it's, it, it say, say the definition again. Uh, Here. It says a puzzle in which words are represented by combinations of pictures and individual letters. Oh, so it, it's it's like the way I des- I design it because a lot of times like I'll draw something and I'll color it in and you know like if I'm like really adamant about exactly the way it's supposed to be and I'll draw something and I'll look at it. And then I'll tell my wife and I'll, I'll take a picture and I send it to her and I say, can you get these images? And then I'll tell her like, okay, I want these images to look like, um, like it has a, um, a grid over it. And mm. I, I want these colors, but they have to be in sync and you know, th- that kind of thing. And then like, if it's not good enough, I'll actually like painstakingly draw because I'm not the best artist in the world. I just draw like what I'm feeling. And to right. me, to me, that's just art. So like I'll, I'll draw it and then I'll tell her, take a picture of this and then overlay it with this one, overlay it with this one. And then I'll say like specific, you know, the, the crown is in the bottom, right. And then we look at it and then that's when I'm a hundred percent behind it. And that's when I can tell people like when I, when I saw you, when, cause then it's a matter of me, I'm proud of, the fact that the whole purpose was I feel like the misfit. So it's like when I have conversations with people, it's usually surface deep. So mm-hmm. right. So I tend to get bored and in my head, I'm, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, I'm, I'm like somewhere else and right. Right. So then someone will be telling me something and I'm like, yeah, yeah. And I don't really care. But, right. but I'm a, I, I say, I shouldn't say this, but I'm a New Yorker is how I describe me because I feel everybody always says, oh, they're very straightforward and I'm very straightforward, but I'm not mean, but I'm just, I'm just, just like, like if we're adults, I should be able to speak my mind. And well, that's how I, that's how I think it doesn't play that well in California all the time. Uh, people have been guessing that I'm from the East Coast my whole life. And I never understood why until uh, I, I actually traveled to the East Coast. And it is. It's a lot more to the point, a lot more honest, you know, what you would call blunt out here on yeah. the West Coast. You know, but it's just like the truth, you know, just the pure truth. This is just it. And it's not anything personal. Yeah. <laughs> it's just this is just what I see. What? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like that's a very new york attitude like every 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 new york statement is with what 
Yeah, because it's like I don't understand. You know, like right, it, like what's it, what's the problem? Like what? This, you know, like, this is you. If yeah. You don't react to the truth. Like okay, you know, you can react to the truth, but why are you acting like you're reacting to the fact that I delivered you the truth instead of dealing with the actual truth? Deal with the exactly. Truth. Never it, mind that that I was uh, I didn't to take your feels into into account. I'm like I'm just like what? You know, so th- it's got me into a lot of little you know skirmishes, but I luckily. You know, my mother had this amazing sense of humor. And so when I feel like, oops, I just stepped on somebody's, you know, heart, (laughs) (laughs) I I resort to humor because, you know, it's like an apology. Because I'm not that good at apologizing when I don't think I did something wrong. I'm the same. I'm just I'm just an honest person all the time. And that's what that's what offends people. They they're used to people sugarcoating things. But I'm like, you tell me because. Otherwise, I'll keep doing that. Exactly. You tell me, then I'll get better. That, that's the that's the household I grew up in. There was nothing more brutal than the Johnson dinner. That's my last name. Dinner table. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, if you can survive our dinner table, the world is easy <laughs> because because you got truth told to you. You're like, oh, you can just sit like that and be smack, huh? Well, you're not gonna get any second dates. That's what's gonna happen to you. You're gonna See? be home. You're gonna go out Friday that, but you're not going out Saturday. That's that. right. If you go smack, because I used to. Yeah, see? Oh, man, I can't you know, wait. Oh, my man. father was, was on me, had to be like two years about that. Like, when I would do it, he would just like imitate me. That's what you sound like. See? Like a cow see? chewing oh, his man. I, Exactly. And people would, <laughs> other people who watch that, they're like, oh, that's child abuse. Like, he was trying to get me right. You know? Yeah. Like, I now find a way. I think it had to do with breathing or something. Like, you know, it's like, and plus, honestly, in some cultures, smacking is considered a compliment. Yeah. And in other cultures, they know that it's rude. smacking is drawing oxygen in and it actually improves the, the flavor. It's actually, it enhances the flavor. So it's a, a richer uh, uh, culinary experience. However, it you ain't getting no second date. So you go enjoy that first meal, <laughs> which which your which your richer culinary experience, and then not only will she not go, she'll be saying, "Girl, he smacked like a cow." Steak. Yeah, you know, so, yeah. So Unless... my father was looking way down the line at that. It's like that's not child abuse. That's helping me yeah. versus my feels. You know. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like maybe I didn't like it. I guarantee you, I didn't like it at the time, but I'm grateful today. You know, and that's that's what it is. So that is none of that is is L.A. What I'm saying, none of that. <laughs> that no, yeah, I that get is, you. That is, there are people in L.A. who are like that. You know, and 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 they usually are like among the best. But that's not the L.A. vibe. It's like no, it's feelings and feeling self. If I hear one more person uh, talk about you got to give, um, you got to give kids self esteem. I just. I'm like, I have never, I have two kids. I've never once tried to improve their self-esteem. Just listen to the words. Self-esteem? I mean, I like myself. I even love myself. But esteem, that's a lot. Yeah. (laughs) Like, why would you, that's almost like self-worship. Esteem? What you want is self-confidence. True. I I think even before self-confidence, the real goal is self-awareness. Because then you can decide once you know what you really are and you have this dream of what you want to be, you can plot a a route from where you are to where you want to be. So self-awareness is the thing. And then as you get closer and closer to where you want to be, you gain more and more confidence. And then other people hold you in esteem. But self-esteem from the jump, I'm sorry, you're setting that kid up. And so I did not come from a house where they were worried about my self-esteem. They're worried about what I actually was and and about my ability to envision who or what or how I could be. And and that was it. That was the focus in my household. And that's that's what I do with my kids. And, and then they turn out fine. But this whole boosting your kids, they 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 strike out. Oh, but that was the best strikeout today, Johnny. Look at that. You it was a beautiful. This is so ridiculous. You hit the ball. Yeah, yeah. The object of the game is to hit the ball. Yeah. The reason you're not hitting the ball is because your your head's moving too much. Keep your head still. Yeah. And then when he keeps his head still, now he hit the ball, and then he gets more confidence, and then others hold him in esteem. That's the the, the family process. This whole tell them they're great when they aren't. Mm-mm. No, That's see, not. see, I get in trouble. I, I, it, you know what's weird is you and I. I don't know. Um, I don't have to say it on there, but. Like, we, I, I feel like we come from the same generation, and right. and um, 
and 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 I, I have two kids. Well, you met my family, so it's like, yeah. so it's like, um, I try to. I'm very much of a realist, and I I, I feel like this: if somebody blew up the pier that day, right, right, my kids are gonna have to be old enough to process that. So, you can go to therapy, you can talk it out, however it may be, but you have to process it somehow. Now, mm-hmm. now, if you uh, have your children ask you a question and you tell them the truth, regardless of how painful that is, why can can they not learn things correctly I, I even early? Don't even let them get to the painful. Why is it painful? How can the truth be painful? It's, it's surprising. Right. It's disappointing. It's, it's unexpected. It's 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 unfortunate but mm-hmm. i don't understand how it's painful because now you know the truth and you can build from there the most solid ground to build upon is the truth yes. why would i kill you some squishy lie and then when you build the house is going to sink anyway that's right why wouldn't i give you the firm foundation of the truth and now you know where you are now build from that and then that house will stand how is that painful if if, if you come over if the building inspector comes over you're going to li- literally build a home someplace and he tells you this ground is unstable or whatever because i don't know anything about building buildings but i just know that they send an inspector over and they make sure that you should even build a a house there you know maybe it's right in the middle of a an earthquake fault or line or something right i don't know but 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 why is it painful that that somebody kept you from building your house on a fault line? That's not painful. No, that's, that's wisdom. Un- <laughs> it's maybe disappointing because you kind of have this thing. But did you really want to build on a fault line? No, you didn't. Right. So it's not even disappointing. It's just the truth. Right. And this, this fear of the truth is it drives me crazy. Yeah. Because. You end up when you get to a, the point in your life where you're a business owner or you're a manager or you're a supervisor or even a coworker, and and you can't tell the truth to people because no one ever did. They told them it was a beautiful strikeout, and they told them that's a great outfit, and then they told them that that's a wonderful piece of poetry. When it's not, my sons, my sons were trying to be funny really early on. I told you, my mother was hilarious right. my mother was i at one point i worked for roseanne uh bar the comedian right who who you know is one of the top five comedians i mean people don't like her politics but one of the top uh, uh five oh, comedians. Uh, uh, women comedians of all time maybe maybe one maybe two depending on your taste it's comedy so it's hard to say it's like wine you know it depends on your taste but everybody right. agrees she's up there well you know my who mother, she is my mother was equally funny. A lot of people don't get along with Roseanne for a lot of reasons. I always did because she reminded me of my mother. And I it's, she used to call me her black son. Oh, wow. <laughs> because because I related to her like she was my mother because she reminded me so much. Okay, my mom. mother was that kind of funny. So when my sons come along and they're trying to be funny and I grew up with my mother, I'm like, really? You know, they would tell some joke. I'm like, that's not really that funny. The timing would be <laughs> off. They would add words because, you know, jokes are timing. So you add one or two extra words and you lose the moment. The moment, the laugh was right here. And you talk two more seconds and then you miss the laugh. So, I, got so you. I just told them that over. And people used to say, oh, he's trying to he's trying to entertain you. They would pull me aside and try to counsel me on how to raise my sons. And I'm like, I worked for some of the greatest, like written for some of the greatest comedians ever to walk the earth. So don't tell me. That I don't know what's what you're saying. Yeah. I know they trust me. They little, you know, these people trust me. So I know, I know what's funny. I can go on a stage right now and get laughs. I know what's funny. I can go to a restaurant. I can be in an elevator and get laughs. I know what's funny. And what he just said is not funny. So I'm, you know, but so, so that's what I was to do. And this went on. I'm like, I'm just going to have some not funny sons. It's all right. Six, seven, <sighs> eight, nine. Well, around about 10, one of them, started just like really crafting his sentences and he would land it right on the punch word, you know, cause there's a punch line, but yeah, there's a, there's a word. word in there that that's what gets the laugh. And he would just like time it and get it right on the punch word. And then the other one, he started telling these stories. He became like this weave. He would weave tales and it would end up, they would have like nice momentum. There'd be a beginning, a middle end. And now they're hilarious. 
<laughs> because I never told them they were funny before they were. Now you, I, I told them you can tell them something's funny when people laugh. That's, True. that's how you know something was funny. If they laugh, it was funny. If they don't laugh, there's a good chance that wasn't funny. That's what I've been. That's what I told them all those years. And slowly but surely, they found their comic voice. I think that's surpassingly better than laughing at stuff that's not funny and letting them be 16 like, or 18 and then finding out in high school that's corny, man. What's wrong with you know? Yeah. Like, like from bullies, <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, yeah. I get Again, you. But, the, but the foundation of that was truth. They were going in the wrong direction to something where, where, they, where it's like, that's only funny to you. When, when you do humor, it's for the audience. You got to understand what makes other people laugh. What makes you laugh is one thing, and that's fine, because I entertain myself all the time. <laughs> I do stuff that I know that's just for me. I, but, it, it, but even when I do it on stage, I'll say some bit. And then the audience won't laugh. I go, okay, that one was just for me. And then they laugh at that, <laughs> you know. And then I go back to, oh yeah, oh, oh I yeah. Got you you got to do stuff for the audience. You got to understand what the audience is. It's your humor is not just about you. It's your point of view that 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 is shared by the audience. That's what makes people laugh. And so that's what I was teaching them. But people thought I was like child abusing. I've been, you know, it's Doing like it I, you know, decades, people, right? I've had a lot of people cringe when they see my interactions with my sons. But I, you know, mark my words. You watch those two when they get out to the world. You will, you will, you will. They will, they will be future guests on your podcast. Hey, that that <laughs> that be that be they, great. They, they will both be famous in their own rights because we just don't play that. Because my mother didn't play that. My father didn't play that. We it was like do the thing or don't do it, but don't have to do anything. Yeah, that's that's like what I was raised on, and I you know I just feel like. That's probably what you're like, <laughs> you know, well, you have well, a whole different demeanor, a different energy. But I think at our core, we're the same dude. A hundred percent, because I'm like that. You know how they say no half stepping. So it's like yep. it's 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 for me, it's like I uh, I have issues where. So, for example, my son will want to do something and then I'll say, you know, you need to put more time into this or you need to you know, put more energy or I'll give him the three things that I think he needs to work on. And that turns into sadness. And then I have to hear, you know, from the wife, like, Oh, he's upset because you said this. Well, isn't it better that I'm telling him this than the, than the director or the the producer or whoever, and then they don't call him, you know, back. And, exactly. You know, and it's like, um, like for example, cause he does, uh, cars uh pixar cars so what do you mean he draws them no he works for them so uh oh really yeah taj he's um it's been he's been working for years <laughs> he's been working since like wow. since like two um but but he's he works like um he just did a shoot uh last saturday so they do like their YouTube channel and then they have experiments and stuff like that. Sometimes he does voiceovers or read, read alouds. Um, my daughter did a couple too. And, um, that's his, like his steady gig, I guess. And then he does other commercials and. So, so wait, when you say he works on them, explain, I'm not following. Uh, for, for you talking about for Pixar, you said Pixar cars. Yeah. So, uh, Pixar cars, he does, sometimes voiceovers for these stories that they put out and it'll be like, Oh, is that a show? Yeah. It's like on YouTube, but it, Oh, it's a YouTube channel. So, and so he appears on it in, in different ways. Yeah. It's either voice or usually his face. And then That's he, cool. he's talking and he does, uh, he has a co, a uh, co, uh, co-host or co-star, I guess. And right. they go through and they do experiments and stuff like that's what they did just last Saturday. And, um, and then they do where he went, for example, last year, he went to the Coliseum and it was NASCAR. That's what he covers a lot of. And he interviews the NASCAR drivers. We went to Daytona 500. He interviewed the NASCAR drivers. What? So yeah. he's he's like a, a car correspondent. Yeah. Kind of. Okay. Yeah. So but, he's but Pixar. That's interesting. Yeah. So that's what he's that's what he's been doing for years. <laughs> but, wow. But, since he was, yeah. That 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 of all the Pixar's, I love Pixar. Yeah. Great storytellers. Great. You know they spend four years crafting their stories. Sometimes? I think that's good. Four years of working professionals, award winning, you know, highly prestigious, well compensated people. 
four years on just the story. And that's why those those films are so good, because, you know, like Cars, the, the, the original one, that was just so well crafted. There's not one extra scene, not one ex- unnecessary line, not one misstep in the whole thing. I think their greatest one is Inside Out uh, because oh, it's yeah. just as good at storytelling. But there's no more in- important topic than helping uh, individuals understand what's going on inside of them emotionally, what they call social emotional intelligence. And that, for yeah. there to be a film that allows parents and kids, because my sons are just the right age where, for when that movie came out, that I could explain to them what was happening to them using that movie. So you remember, remember, you know, it got to be shorthand. It's like, hey, don't let the little red angry one drive. Let let Joy drive a while. You know, to give parents that language and to give kids that language, even if their parents aren't involved, just to give, you know, give adults that language. You yeah. know, I know adults who don't know how to, like, manage their emotions. It's like that's the most important thing that you could ever learn is how to manage the feelings stirring around inside of you and control that and put the right one in charge, you know, of the steering wheel at the right time. And, you know, so that's why I think that's the most important one and the greatest one. One because of the subject matter, but there's so many of them that are that are so good. Cars is probably my second favorite one. Uh, it's just as good a movie. It's probably even a better movie. But the topic, because Cars is about nostalgia and a time that once was and halcyon days, and, and that's wonderful. But understanding the inner workings of your your mind and heart, that's like well, you know, especially for guys like us, that's like. Yeah. That's the most important topic. Topic. That's what that's what gets us up in the morning, you know, and yeah. uh, drives us all day is is understanding that and and working in that milieu. Every every artist, that's what it's about: feelings, you know, um, emotion, you know, um, and 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 the the that is that's what art is. It's painting with emotion, and so and 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 manipulating emotion, you know, or orchestrating. I hate manipulating; sounds so negative, but just. It is manipulating. You you literally you literally manipulate people's emotions. There's sometimes when I'm looking at something and I'm like, I just am not feeling that. And then I'll pick a better piece of music. It's like, ah, the picture didn't even change. But the better piece of music underneath it allows fits. You know, it, it creates the, the, the emotion I want it to evoke. And so sometimes you, sometimes when you write something, it sounds good in your head but doesn't sound good when when the person reads it but then you put that music it's because in your brain you're hearing the music underneath so you got to really listen what's the music you're hearing underneath and then you put that underneath and like ah there's the experience and then you can call that manipulation or maybe there's a better verb for it but um but persuasion but but, yeah whatever it is i I think it's crafting (laughs) i think it's it's sculpting you know whatever but but that's what it's all about and so that film just teaches everybody, not just as artists, but just as people, how to navigate their feelings. And when you can do that, man, a person who can control their 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 feelings and the and the thoughts that come after, that's a powerful person. That person's going to get things done. That person yeah. can can set a goal and reach it. it uh, because mostly, when people get in their own way, it's because of the emotions oh, that they run feel. awry. They, yeah. they they lose. They lose. They got the wrong one driving. They got the little red guy's driving when it needs to be the the blue the one, blue you know? one yeah. you know yeah or the, the red or the pill or the blue pill sometimes you need that red guy sometimes it's time for him you can be too chill sometimes you gotta like you know i'm sure you're not this way all the time i'm sure you have your moments where you're like wait that's it right there yeah 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 <laughs> i'm i'm super chill but it, but i'm that guy like well funny thing today um i went to get well yesterday sorry i, I went to get a tire because i hit a pothole and it put a bubble on my tire so it's not mm. it's not too safe so we're supposed to be going out of town. And I'm like, well, I'll get a new one. The guy says, oh, I have to order it. I go pick it up today. It's the wrong one. He says, can you come back this afternoon? Yeah, I'll come back. I come back and it's already getting dark. So I told him, um, it doesn't look the same, but I'm going to trust you. But I'm telling you, I can't see the tread right now. But when I get home, so I looked, I took a picture and the tread's different. So. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, first thing in the morning, I'm going to write down, like, you know, letter to the letter of what my original tire is. And then I'm going to write down what he has. And I'm going to tell him I drove maybe seven miles from where you are and I can bring it back, but I need you to get this right. And that's the blue me. Right. Right. But the red me is going to be, if he, you know, if he says to me, uh, you told me or you know like there's no accountability right um so um i i i very much have 
the thin blue line. <laughs> right, 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 right. You know? Right. But um, no, yeah, but it, but it's a matter of okay, look, dude, you know this is how it's gonna end up working. You know, you're gonna put this money right. back on my account. I'm gonna hand you this tire. I'm gonna go down the street, get me a different one, and that's it. You know? Right. It's gonna go. You decide how this is gonna go. But I know what I'm gonna do. I'm either gonna get what I want or I'm gonna get what I want. So you just decide which which thing is either the money or the tire. You yeah. Decide. Yeah. But it's gonna go. It's gonna go this way. Yeah. No. I I I always uh, am careful. Not to upset guys who are chill all the time, because they like storing up their red guys. <laughs> their red guys have been in the driver's seat for a while, and they, that's the dude who will floor it on you. The other thing is like really funny people, people who laugh, 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 jovial. Because I'm a jovial yeah, they're guy. sad. But you don't, you don't want you don't want that other dude to like wake up because it's like I don't do it that much, and so you're gonna get six months of that. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. Like the jovial thing, I do that every day, all day. But the the my red guy. That guy is sitting there, you know, he's been in a cage, so he's going to come out in a rage. And yeah. You need to, like, let him stay in that cage because it's not going to it's not going to end well for you. I don't get violent with anybody. I'm not, I'm not, you know, a sociopath. I don't, I haven't, I haven't been in a fight since I was in seventh grade. But, but I, I certainly make my point known. Yeah. Um, and I certainly have every intention of getting what it is that is fair and right. And if not, there's going to be a lot of people held accountable for that and i will keep going up until uh, until until we get this right there's this i went to a conference that that, that uh you know it's like they, they it didn't work out it was it was not what i needed i couldn't stay and i'm like i would like my refund but i was too busy this week to like demand it but next week i'm less busy i had a project dude that, that we finished today uh, so now next week they're gonna find out look you, you're you're better off just giving me my money back and we all get on with our life that's what i want and that's and you're gonna want that. <laughs> I got <a> you. <laughs> so so either you can just do it when I ask you, or we can keep going down this road. But th we're gonna we're gonna get this right, you know. And that's 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 the thing. So I always assume that other people have these other gears too. So I try to if they're being chill or if they're being jovial, I try to just work with them right there because I don't want to know. <laughs> yeah, what the other right side is. Want to see their red guy either? You yeah. Know? But that, but but just the way we could talk about it like that—that's what Pixar did. You know, I actually I actually called the guy who was executive producer and left him a voicemail to tell him. Or somehow I ran into him. Did I run into him? I was maybe at Disney. Somehow I let the guy know, and you could just tell he appreciated that compliment. I said, "Dude, this might be the most important film that Pixar ever did because of what." And you guys really figured it out. And I know that wasn't easy because everybody gets it. My six, eight, whatever, however old my kids were, my six-year-old or eight-year-old kids get it. I get it. Everybody gets it. It's so hard to do something that everybody gets. Yeah. And you took the most complex thing, and we. We've been on this earth for millennia, and nobody's figured out how to tell this story in a way that that that, that everybody, parents and adults, can. You, there's there's an adult version, what to expect when you have a teenager, and there's a kid version, how my feelings are. Do you feel like red, blue? You know, but there was never anything that they could share where we were speaking the same language, and I could sit there and enjoy that movie, and your kids could, and then later we could talk about it. And for like two years, I was referring to that movie, and it. It's how I taught them the emotional management, that movie. So I was telling this guy that you could just tell he had put his soul into that thing because he said, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. What's your name? Thank you. Because that's what we were trying to do. And just for you to say it, you could just tell he received that. And, but because it, it was honest, it was true. It's like, that is hard to do. A perfect piece of art is hard. It's the only thing people can do perfectly is art. That's the only thing. We're not. We're imperfect in every other way. Yeah, because art is imperfect. Some and, and and but 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 the thing is, art doesn't just mean movies and stuff. Because sometimes an athlete elevates it to the to the level of art, and they can be perfect. And sometimes a teacher elevates it to the level of art, and they can be perfect. But that's humans. People say humans are imperfect. No. Humans are sometimes perfect and sometimes imperfect. Certain people are always imperfect, but some people, a few people, elevate what they do to the level of art, and in those moments, they are perfect. And everybody sees it, and that's why we cry, and we stand up, and we cheer, and we remember it. Like, who is this Pixar guy? He's not in either of our lives. I can't even remember his name. I think it's Johnson, something Johnson. All I know is he did that. I got <laughs> it was you. Perfect because it communicated to me in a way I could understand and remember and to my son, and it helped me raise my kids. That's 
perfect. Yeah. I don't care what the dictionary says. I'll tell you what I think is perfect. It's perfect, perfect to you. Is, it yeah. did exactly what it was intended to do. And what it was intended to do was important. Connected. That's what perfection is. And, and you can't achieve that in anything, but it's only when you elevate it to the level of art. And that's, you know, that gets it's a full circle because that's what, that's what it was about your shirt. It's like that right there just spoke to me here i am i'm in a state i know i'm not right i know i'm better than this and it's been a while and i can't shake myself out of it in a t-shirt design that i couldn't what, 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 see what, what, it was, what, that was a switch yeah that's you, what did it. you know what's crazy too is um like along with the whole idea of the shirt and it being kind of vague covid kind of birthed that because I, I already had designs and I did things. I guess the best way I can explain it is like, so I write a lot and then I do, um, like I said, short stories or usually poetry. And then if it's in my head with a beat, then I make the beat and go from there. And then I, you know, uh, can like compose. And then I try to find a way to convey it. Well, if I can't sing it or I can't find someone that's willing to sing it, or doesn't fit what is in my ear or my head, I express it in different ways. So, like, I'll do the song again, instrumental, but I'm trying to convey that feeling through the music. So if people connect, it actually makes me emotional because it's like, wow, this is, like I said, I feel like the misfit. So, like, I, it's like, okay, wow, this person gets my thing. So I, the whole purpose of Tatis is I didn't expect it to be some viral thing. I expected it to be like you, like somebody that is like, mm. oh, you get it? And then it's like, oh, okay, so this is my network. This is the person that I want to talk to because you understand. Like the, there's a there's a, a vibration, I guess, of that, yeah. that's similar. And that's what it is. It's a vibration. Yeah, I I, I, I agree. It's a vi- I say frequency. It's the yeah, same yeah, yeah. thing. You know, same. it's like an energy. If you think of it in terms of the energy, it's a vibration. And if you think of levels, it's it's a, it's a frequency. Yes. And, and you're right. It, and that's that's the thing about art. When we were talking about comedy, like there's a comedic frequency that it's not one, but just like everybody who's funny has their frequency. When you think about Chris Rock and blah, 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 you don't even have to know what he's saying. You don't even know what he's saying. You know, it's they they have their frequency and they're all different, but it's their frequency. Doesn't matter what the words are, it's the frequency that makes you laugh and and it, it brings you joy. It, and they all you can I can hear them all in my head. That's how I was able to write for different kinds of people because I understood their frequency. Like I understood yours. You know, I I can just pick up on people's frequency and then you know, write that. You know, and, and, and then I have my own, which is a different thing when I'm writing as myself. You know, but it's really fun to write for other people because you get to like be in their frequency. You know, yeah, that, yeah, exactly. that made you laugh, and then you get to, and then when they read it, they go. Hey, yeah, this is this is me, and they—they—it's like like you felt when I felt that way about your your T-shirt and like the the Pixar guy. They appreciate the reason why a lot of them like to work with me is because they can appreciate that I understood their frequency, I heard their frequency, and I can imitate it, and mm-hmm. that actually helps you formulate your own com- comedic voice. I learned to write by imitating. I, I'm you know I don't consider plagiarism at all because it's imitation. Yeah, and that's flattery, imitate. right? Yeah, well, it's not even that. It's like. If you did not sit, okay, so J.R.R. Tolkien, who wrote the Lord of the Rings, right. he literally created 11 languages in order to um, to write that book. Like every one of those people's in there, all those different, I don't know, because I'm not a big fan, so I can't name all the different types of people, but uh-huh. they all have their own language, and there's an actual language. It wasn't just gobbledygook, ooga, booga, booga, booga. Right. It was like, he created verbs and, and grammatical structure and all of that, modeled it after existing languages. So unless you're doing that, Unless you created a language, then you're imitating. So stop with the don't imitate. That's plagiarism. You're everybody's. Where did where did the word word come from? How do I say word and you know what I mean? Because somebody told us we're imitating. So it's all imitating. So anyway, the mm. point I'm making is I, I, I the first person I imitated when I learned this because the teacher told me this in I don't know fourth grade or something. There's there's a. a uh, a writer named Sinclair Lewis. Uh, he wrote a book called Main Street. I like that book. And so she said, okay, this is what I want you to do. Pick your favorite you know, passage and then 
write your version of that same thing where it, there's a sentence that does it serves a certain function it sets the scene or or it conveys an emotion or it introduces a character whatever it is just just you do the same thing but 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 in in uh, in your story and so while trying to imitate Sinclair Lewis i would write this thing that was my what i thought was the analogous version of it and what it really was was original you you can't imitate. That's why it's good to imitate because you can't imitate. But what when you try to imitate, what it means is you inhabit the 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 mind, the soul, the spirit, whatever you want to you you occupy the frequency, however you want to phrase it, you become creatively that person that you are attempting to imitate. And in so doing, you're going to do something unique because you could give 10 kids that same passage and tell them all the same thing, imitate this, and it's gonna every one of them, what are they gonna do? Write all the same thing? No because we're individuals. So the interaction of mind and mind and spirit and lived experience and imagination with this artist who created this nice passage creates a unique third thing. There's that passage is just that passage. There's how I see it, how I interpret it and how I choose to imitate it. That's a separate thing from either who I am originally or what that passage was originally. And you multiply that times 10 for 10 kids. And that's why they're all different because my lived experience and my soul and my heart is different from the kid sitting next to me. True. So he can interact with that same passage and it's still going to come out different. It's just like if you take the, the ingredient of sugar and you mix it with salt, it's going to be different than if you mix that sugar with like an egg flour. or yeah. that sugar with, with, with butter. It's like, because I'm, I'm sugar. He's salt. He's butter. We're all different. So how we, how we quote unquote imitate is going to be not just different. It's going to be original. So if you want to create a kid who can write, start with tell them to imitate because then at least the part that they will take away that benefits them is the structure or the intent right. of the sentence. It's like he set the scene. Well, I'm going to set a different scene. Then he introduced a character. Or I'm going to introduce a different character. But it's good to set a scene and then introduce a character and then cause another character to interact, create some conflict. Those are the purposes of the sentences. And that structure is, is, is something that you can copy. But because you have your unique imagination your outcome is going to be different and that's why it's not plagiarism because the work product that you create from imitating is going to be different from what, what that person, person originally started. did and that's like that's just that's just the basics of creativity that's yeah. why when a kid is telling you something and it's not funny you got to tell them it's not funny and then show them what funny is and, and i started talking to them about punchlines and and the rule of three and the punch word and rhythm and tone and and timing you know and you just you know it took years but now they're you yeah, and if you because you're telling them how to tweak it to get the right frequency. Yeah, you you. I just think that when you when you do when you just encourage a kid and try to tell him he's great when he's not, you don't believe in that kid. Well, that's I, what I, I tell I, my I, son all yeah, the time. Like, like I tell him, you have to if you if you like this video game, and you can sit here for two hours straight watching somebody else play a video game, <laughs> right? And then you say you want to act. And this is what you love, and you want to be a director, then you should be having the same, at least half of this time, on your craft per day. And I let them know that all the time. That's real. You know, but it, it's it's a matter of you know some people go, oh, you're pushing your son to I'll do. Stop. You know, for me, I'm like, I don't want my son being made a fool out of because he lives in this make believe world of you know, people are going to be kind and right, you know right. what I mean? Like they don't care. Their, their, their whole thing is about money. And something I was going to tell you what you were talking about was if you think imitation is like, okay, so I can have Michael Jackson singing bad. Um, I'm bad. I'm bad. But then when he, on that part where he goes, Shimon, it's a, it was a, a nod to, um, what's her name? Staples. Uh, Mavis. Yes. And 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 um, she says, "Come on, she invented the shimmo." I think so. I I, okay. I I I'm pretty sure it was her. And, and well, he was a master imitator. He would sit in the wings at the Apollo and watch James Brown, and but then he still came out Michael Jackson. Exactly. You know, he would watch Gladys Knight. I re I remember reading that Michael Jackson was stood in the left 
a stage left wing of the Apollo watching Gladys Knight sing. And one time I was doing a show actually for Roseanne and Gladys Knight was a guest on the show. And you know what I knew when I heard she was booked, I'm about what I said, when she does her, her, um, her sound check, I am going to be in the left wing, the left stage wing, standing on the very spot where Michael Jackson absorbed. Oh, I got you. And then after she did, I said, I told, I just, I've been waiting three weeks for this moment. <laughs> I want you to know why I was over here. It's not my job. My job is somewhere else right now. But there was no way I was going to be anywhere else but in that left, because I wanted to see what Michael what he Jackson saw. saw. Yeah. You know, See? Like, I, I told her that she just was tickled. <laughs> that was that was just the most adorable story. But it was true. I was just like, I just want you to know that if I ever blow up to be anything, it's because I oh, did, you did this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See, it's, like, it's, it's, it's imitating. So he was a master imitator. He was a master. But when you when you're imitating James Brown and then you're imitating Diana Ross and then you're imitating Gladys Knight and, blah, 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 and you keep doing like that. It becomes something unique, right? <laughs> and that's what Michael Jackson is. This whole make it all up is just dumb. It's like, no, uh, you know, Dave Chappelle said to me one time when when he was at his hottest. It was in between seasons one and two of the Chappelle Show, and um, I was producing something um, uh, called the Essence Awards uh, for oh, Suzanne yeah. to pass, and yeah. and Chappelle was a guest on it. And, you know, I did the segment. It was a really good segment, and everybody enjoyed it. But then afterward, when we were done with the work, I said, dude, dude, you're just in that spot that I want to get to where you're just, like, doing it, like, exactly your way. How do you do that? Tell me something. That's what I said. And this is what he told me. He said, I'm going to do my Dave Chappelle impersonation. <laughs> listen, 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 brother. If you want to move the culture, you have to study those who move the culture before you. And I said, that's all I need. That's it. That's all I got. I have held on to that. This must be 15 years. And I, and you ask my wife, if I use the phrase move the culture once, if I've used it once, I've used it 10,000 times because that's it. If you want to move the culture, you have to study those whole culture. Who before you so that you can what? imitate them but imitate them how in your way Boy, how yeah. you see it and that's what makes it original that's what makes you unique it's not like dave Chappelle just became dave Chappelle sitting in his room he studied and he wasn't just other comedians he studied miles davis to understand yeah. how he was going to approach comedy <laughs> you know and if you think about it you can see some miles davis in him you know, just like the, but there's a lot of people in there's some Red Fox in him, there's some Dick Gregory in him, yeah. there's there's some Bill Cosby in him, and all of that, that unique, you know, it's almost like it's almost like um it's like like saying, I'm original. Are you playing the piano? Because there are only 88 keys. So no matter how much you wrote that song without you know listening to it's like you're still using the same 88 keys. And that's somebody else did. We yeah. all have the same 88 keys. So don't think you're original. What's original is your interpretation of what of you're using. The the of the, the master stroke. So study the masters and imitate them, and then you will find that's who you are. That's 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 where your uniqueness comes from, not from just making up something. You know, yeah. that's what my sons were doing. He was just trying to make up. This is funny. No, it's not. But but human beings laugh for reasons. And I started telling them all the, there's a laughter Famili of, of familiarity. There's a laughter of familiarity. There's a <laughs> there's laughter of, of sadness. And then the, the biggest laughs are from from relating. It's like I relate to that. It's like there's like all these different reasons uh, why why people laugh. And I just kept explaining to them one at a time over years because you can't have this in you can't do this in one conversation. And then lo and behold. They have figured it out. And now when they listen to funny people, they watch those same videos your son watches. I, I don't get it. Watching somebody play a video game just doesn't even sound like some way to spend your time, like ever. But no. but they, they, they do it religiously. And I'll sit there sometimes. I'm trying to understand it because I'm like, there's something here. It's like trying to grow, right? There's something here. And honestly, some of the guys are kind of funny. <laughs> you know, they're not, they're not famous. I don't play that game, but, they're, but they're, their interactions are kind of funny. And I guess if you do play that game, after a while, you kind of realize, because I would ask my sons, why was that funny? You know, um, and he said, oh, because when you play that game, what happens is, and, you know, I, I don't get me talking about video games because it's not my thing, but they, it's their thing. And so they start telling me why it was funny. And I'm like, oh, I see. So those, 
what's entertaining about it was the, it's a, that's a laugh of recognition, you know, familiarity, you know, it's like you recognize that moment he's talking about and you're reacting to, yeah, I've tried that and got blown up too. Ha ha ha. You know, it's like, there's a reason why people laugh at stuff. And so, you know, so I've learned to even appreciate, well, not for myself, appreciate the value of that kind of content. But yeah, I'm like, you know, I'm like, really? You're sitting here. What? You're not even playing the game. We, we well, played games. You're paying, you're paying that guy. Through the, well, through, yeah, through the streams. In a way, they're not really watching the guy playing the game. They're just watching the guy. They're 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 relating to the guy, and they're they're living vicariously through the guy. But how's that different from me watching a basketball game? I mean, that's that's watching somebody playing a game too, you know. And like, but I look at Michael Jordan, and I'm like, oh, you know, I relate to or LeBron or whoever. I'm like, oh man, you know, I'm sitting there on the couch, you know. Yeah. So how's that entertaining to me? Because I'm 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 living vicariously through those players. That's the same thing, you know. But but it's just. I don't play those games, so I don't get that same kind of yeah, the stimulation. Uh, what I call vicarious empowerment. I don't get yeah, I don't get because when you see someone doing something you love at a high level, you watch Michael Jordan sailing through or Magic Johnson orchestrate. You can tell what era I'm from. Orchestrate a great fast break. You're 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 empowered by that because you admire him, and so he's like your avatar, you know. Yeah. And so that's 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 what it is. Um, and, and I can appreciate that, but I had to sit there for an hour to get it, you know. Uh, but I can appreciate that and not enjoy it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, no, I so, get you. My my I son is more on the. I don't enjoy it, but I do appreciate. I understand it. Yeah, I think my son is more on the like how to pass levels, and yeah. and the lingo. But um, since you were talking about sons, I figured we can. I could use this segue into um into the Father's Day episode. Uh, okay part of this because you said i want to i was curious um you said you really wanted to talk about that and i well i just think you know black fatherhood needs to be talked about um, okay this was stories and solutions i am mr todd be easy make sure you check out tat t-shirts tat t-a-t-t-t-e-e shirts.com they're also on etsy shirts that are made to have a conversation if you listen to tonight's episode you can hear uh actually how that affected someone tat tees on etsy and on mr tot's corner.com